Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Tennis this morning and Carlos Alcaraz is the hottest name in tennis right now, possibly the hottest name in sport at just 19 years of age, just turned two, by the way, had a birthday this month. Uh, The Spanish sensation has jumped up to number six in the world following an incredible run this year, but in particularly this week with the Madrid Open. First player ever to defeat three top top four players at a Masters, uh, Masters 1000 event. Not first player ever, but the first in 15 years, shall we say. Those players included Nadal, of course, Djokovic and Zerev. It's uh, time to chat now with uh, Brett Phillips, who is uh, the host of The First Serve on SEN. And I'm sure uh, Carlos Alcaraz has been one of your subjects. Good morning to you, Brett. How do you begin to describe that performance, knocking over those dudes? Look, Ian, uh, great to chat to you. And look, it's becoming not just a great tennis story. This is just a great sporting story, isn't it? I mean, right now... He could lay claim to being favourite for the French Open in a couple of weeks, which is quite extraordinary. It is really Nadal uh, take two. I mean, five titles overall in his career at 19, the youngest five-time finalist on tour since Rafa, who had actually claimed seven titles by the age of 19 back in 2004-2005. Gee, Spain have had you know just a great history of producing extraordinary tennis players. I go back to his coach, Ian, uh, Juan Carlos Ferrero, former Grand Slam champion, former world number one. And it was uh, Darren Cale who said to Juan Carlos about three or four years ago when he was taking a break from Simona Halep, he said, look, there's a chance to coach Simona, Juan. And he was developing a little bit of a reputation as a coach at his own academy over in Spain. He said to Darren, I've actually got this kid. He's about 14. I reckon he's going to be an absolute star. And I've started working with him, and I think I might stick the course Well, here he is. I mean, he's gone from 120 in the world to six in the world in the last 12 months. I um, went to Indian Wells recently, uh, Ian, and and the great opportunity you have there is to get out and watch the behind the scenes, practice sessions, the preparation. And Indian Wells is such a great vantage point to be able to do that. And he's just a carbon copy of Nadal. He gets out on a practice court and he simulates those match conditions, which... Not a lot of players do. They get out there, they have a light hit, a bit of a tap around. But Nadal is playing sort of a, a full-on uh, match setup, and that's what Carlos is. And no doubt he's been a great mentor. But look at look at this young man. Physically, the last 12 months, I mean, for his age, he's just built like an ox. He plays every shot in the book. He actually believes, you know, his time is right now. I mean, most players are in this development phase. We never thought we might go back to a... You know, an era where a, a Boris Becker was winning Wimbledon as a teenager and the Dales winning a French at 18. Uh, the game had sort of, you know, become 
uh, mainly dominated by the older players. So this is a this is a real throwback. And, you know, when a guy – and you watch him in Madrid in the last week, I mean, he's got the power from the back. He plays the drop shot as good as anyone. And then he'll just throw in from nowhere a bit of serve volley. So he's got the smarts as well. He's just moment by moment. I've never seen a more focused young athlete. And he is heading to the top of the mountain. And what he achieves, well, that's all ahead. We don't know exactly. But right here and now, he is definitely ready to win a Grand Slam. He is. Uh, he hasn't uh, just arrived. Though. I mean, it's not like he has arrived this calendar year. I'm looking at his uh, majors results, so slam results yep. last year. Third round Australian Open, third round mm. French Open, second round Wimbledon. But he was a quarter finalist at, U- at the US Open last year. Yep. Yeah. So he he's been building, and we've been tracking him since the juniors. I remember, you know, when he he sort of first came into light. You were, you were watching a lot of the uh, the streams of the ITF events, which is where you start as a player. You work your way up to the Challenger Tour and then onto the ATP Tour. So, yeah, we've been tracking him for four or five years and you just saw the growth. Uh, the, the graph was uh, incredible uh, over a short period of time. So, yeah, look, he's just got better and better and better every time I see him play, and he does everything right. He's just hugely driven. Uh, there's a there's another young guy who's coming in behind him from Denmark called Holger Rune, who's just uh, well, he's that's his uh, abbreviated name because his full name is Holger Vitus Nodskov Rune. But for the commentators, Smithy, he's just you know <laughs> briefed that down, which is very nice of him. He's about uh, forty in the world at the moment, at the same age, and he's as driven as well. So. You know, when the big three do depart, I mean, I think tennis is in good hands. There is another really good batch here who are going to probably um, have to spread the spoils. I don't think we're going to see those numbers again of Nadal, Djokovic and Federer with the amount of majors. Uh, You know, you might have just a few windows in the next 10 to 15 years. But, yeah, there's some really good talent overall coming through. I take my hat off to you pronunciation-wise, mate. That was absolutely magnificent, I've got to say. <laughs> Top drawer. Uh, here's, here's the thing about this kid. Often when you see uh, players from Spain in particular or some of the South American players, sometimes the brain over, overtakes them in intense situations or whatever. Uh, it doesn't seem so with this kid. He, he's got a, almost a rare maturity for his age. Yeah, spot on. Uh, look, and as, as I said, he he's, his focus is incredible. I mean, he, um, I mean, look, you know, there's been maybe a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. I watched him play Barcelona the week before. I mean, he played our very own, our number one here, Alex Dimonor, who's you know trying to take a, a bigger scalp. He's gone past Alex, you know, who's three years older, who burst onto the scene, got himself to um, you know inside the top twenty. They went toe to toe for three and a half hours in a day where he had to play a semi-final and then come back and play the final against Carino Buster, the fellow Spaniard, and his mentor in a lot of ways later in the day. And he looked like he could play five matches in a day. I mean, he's, he's just – he's focused. Uh, he, he, he's physically strong. I mean, his quote here, I'm 19 years old, which I think is the key – to be able to play long and tough matches in a row, I'm feeling great physically. So, uh, you know, whilst uh, <laughs> you know, certainly I think the thing we noticed when he played Djokovic on the weekend, it was a great match, right, separated by small margins. But we sort of looked at that and thought, yeah, maybe time's now shifting. I mean, Novak certainly hasn't had the volume of matches this year that he normally would, hasn't had that same continuity. So he's he's having to come from a way back and work his way into the year. And hopefully by the French 
you know, he can be in pretty good nick. So he didn't play badly, but we saw a real shift of a guy who's, you know, 34, turning 35 this year up against a 19-year-old and just not been able to quite go with him for the entire journey. Really, sir, can we look at another couple of tennis matters as well? I mean, obviously, this guy is going to be very watched when it comes to these uh, Grand Slam events coming up, but uh, the Russians might not be. Where, where is the situation now with uh, the high-profile Russians and tennis? Yeah, well, certainly Wimbledon, um, you know, they're not going to uh, uh, relent here. They're, they've dug in. I mean, I think there's a bit of pressure, certainly, from higher above the government and you know, you've got um, uh, Kate, who's, of course, uh, the patron there, you know, presenting the trophy every year. Um, you know, that, that would make it probably an uncomfortable situation. So, and Wimbledon's always done things their way. I mean, they don't uh, conform to anything else in regard to the tennis tour with their seedings, their traditions, uh, things that they'll implement that others won't. I, I think it is unfair uh, to the, the Russian players. In effect, they are you know, subcontractors who travel the world, um, you know, doing their job by default. They have a country next to their name uh, who they represent, but really they represent themselves. Uh, they're not involved mm. in the government. So I think it is hugely unfair and it does take away some of the firepower. I mean, a Medvedev, Rublev, Azarenka, Sabalenka, and these are star players of the game inside the top 10. But I know the ATP and the WTA, they haven't come out and updated anything. They were meeting in Madrid, I know, last week, to possibly look at, and the and the worst sanction would be is to not have rankings points for Wimbledon, which would turn it into an exhibition, which is a, a huge drastic move. But I don't think we're probably going to get uh, to that point. It's whether you know any of the Russian players or Belarusian players feel the need to you know take matters into their hands and and maybe um, you know sue in some ways for loss of earnings. I don't know. I mean, we haven't heard too much more about that, but they'll certainly be there for the French. Uh, they've been allowed to play the lead-ups, but, yeah, the grass court season with those lead-up events to Wimbledon is where we won't see any of the Russian and Belarusian players. But it doesn't look like it'll affect other tournaments throughout the year from what we're hearing. Well, we won't be seeing Ash Barty either, Brett, which is uh, unfortunate because uh, un unusual to see a, a young athlete these days, and she is still a very young woman, uh, retiring at the peak of their powers, but that has been the case. Uh, what is it? What is that Ash up to? I, I've seen stories about possibly golf. Uh, I know she's engaged mm. to a golfer, yeah? Yeah, yeah, correct. Gary, her partner, they play a lot of golf. She's built the dream home up in Queensland. Look, I don't know what she'll do exactly. I mean, she's writing, I think, a children's book at the moment. Uh, I know she'd be in demand left, right and centre to appear here, appear there, speak at lots of um, uh, different places. She's got a great manager, Nikki, who you know, will look after her affairs. She can pick and choose really what she wants to do. In terms of those competitive juices, I mean, look, she could do anything. I mean, as, as we know, her hand-eye coordination, she played a bit of cricket. Uh, she's definitely a good golfer. She can kick a, an Aussie rule, Sharon uh, Ian, exceptionally well, and she loves Richmond. Her dream home is actually right near where the Brisbane Lions play in the AFLW uh, women's competition over here. So I reckon she'd go right at footy, um, and I think it'll be something close to home because that's predominantly why she quit playing tennis. She just didn't ever love travelling and being away from home for such long periods, which the Aussies do, you know, more than um, the Europeans and clearly the Americans who can just sort of duck home and have a, a week or two in between tournaments. A lot tougher for the Aussies. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she's got a lot of choice. Um, I'd be very surprised if she came back to tennis, but who knows? Who knows? Um, what she has done, though, is she's opened up a door. The big question is, uh, with the French Open just 11 days away, 
who are the likely candidates to walk through that door? Well, right now, you 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 know the the player that's taken her mantle as the world number one is almost unstoppable. Uh, Iga Świątek from Poland, who I'm just so bullish about. I mean, she's a, a lovely girl to deal with from a media perspective. Uh, she plays with this high energy. She talks quick. She plays quick. Uh, she's busy. I mean, she's on. Uh, I think she's won about twenty three odd matches straight. Uh, she is, you know, just clearly the number one now. She's earned that spot. Yes, gets a little leg up with Ash retiring, but her, her form over the last six weeks, she's won a French Open before. So she's going to be really, really tough to beat. I think she's actually separated herself a little bit now from the pack, and then you just throw a blanket over the women. I mean, yeah, it's been so open for a a period outside of Ash. Um, and, and Ash didn't necessarily, you know, dominate every slam either. She won three of the four, but didn't, you know, necessarily uh, win, um, you know, slam after slam after slam after three years. So, yeah, it's it, there's a there's a big batch there that could that could certainly win. But Sviontek right now is an absolute star who's going to, you know, be certainly around the pointy end for the next decade. How's uh, Emma Raducanu handled this, uh, this calendar year so far? Yeah, it's, it's a, look, it's a difficult one. Obviously, every match she goes out and plays, uh, she's heavily scrutinised, heavily watched now. As soon as you win a, a Grand Slam, it's, uh, I mean, the great thrill of doing that so unexpectedly at the age and the ranking that she was. And that's that, that's a great moment for her and a huge uh, game changer. But it, it also brings this level of scrutiny that you can't sort of go away and have a little backwards period and a development period, which normally, you know, would be afforded to an 18, 19-year-old. She's chopped and changed coaches, which is interesting, and she's decided for the moment not to have a coach, um, which is not unfamiliar on the WTA tour. They, more than the men's tour, chop and change coaches galore. It's a bit like English managers across all the tiers of English football. You know, they end up with a resume of coaching uh, uh, 10, or, 10 or 15 clubs across their journey, and that's what WTA coaches do. So she's trying to figure out her game. Um, you know, she's played some good matches this year. She's been a deer in the headlights a few times where it hasn't quite worked for her. But she's sort of holding her ground in the rankings inside that top 15. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I, I, you know, To me, I've taken the expectations off from where she was. Um, and there's you know, so much growth, but we don't know where she's going to probably land you know, long term. You uh, host uh, the first serve, of course, for SEN. Does that mean you'll be hosting it live from Paris or London coming up? Well, no, I'm, I'm going to be here, uh, Smithy, because I've got a role with Channel 9 here where they um, yeah, broadcast the three majors, the overseas majors this year. So I have a, a role here. So I'll be on the ground uh, this year doing it from uh, from Melbourne. But um, yeah, we'll see if we can do some travelling at the uh, the end of the year with the tour finals. Um, yeah, we're, we're a long way away from it in Australia and where you are in New Zealand from the epicentre of uh, tennis. So probably at some stage, maybe I'll need to go and park myself and probably live uh, in that part of the world a little closer. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. I intend to do that with a bit of cricket next year, hopefully. So we'll just wait and see. Um, hey, mate, a- absolutely fantastic to catch up with you. Um, and uh, an update particularly on this fellow or these two new sensations in tennis, both on the men's and women's side of it. Absolutely mm. fascinating. Thanks for, your t- thanks for your time this morning, and we watched this French Open with real interest. Pleasure. Thanks, Ian. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.